0: There are very few guests that I have on the show that bring me to tears, and today's guest is one of those people. Camille Cates is my guest today, and she has an amazing story of healing, uh, not only from the trauma and pain of abortion, but also the loss of her young daughter who was murdered by a boyfriend of hers. Uh, This is not a conversation that I would suggest. If you have young children listening, this is sort of my warning to you guys. This is probably not um, I mean, at least listen to it first before you listen to it with your your young children. Uh, Camille's going to share her testimony, and she's not leaving anything out. And uh, for the next two days, we're going to talk about the healing that God has in store for those of us who can lean into his word and trust his promises. This is a powerful, powerful episode of hope and healing after trauma and abortion. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Thank you guys for tuning in. Before uh, I jump into my conversation with my guest today, I want to let you know that you can find her at a gritty gospel That's a gritty gospel life.com. Camille does biblical counseling. She's written a phenomenal book that uh, I hope you guys will avail yourselves of. If you if you know someone who has struggled through an abortion, or if you uh, have or if you are post-abortive yourself, Camille has a brand new book out that I think is going to be really important for. Uh, for every single person who is trying to speak into the conversation about abortion. So I hope you'll uh, check out her book. It's called Moving Forward After Abortion, Finding Comfort in God. Camille's story is a powerful one, and her book takes it to the next level by teaching us how we can walk through women and men who are post-abortive and uh, find the healing and grace that comes from the Lord. Her book's available from New Growth Press and also through Amazon and wherever books are sold. Again, the name of that book is Moving Forward After after abortion, and without further ado, this is my conversation with my friend Camille Cates. So, Camille, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad that you're here. Thanks for having me, Heidi. It's exciting to be with you today. It's so much fun for me to uh, to meet friends of friends that at the Creation Museum and through the ministry of Ken Ham. I know you are a super fan, and uh, we have friends over there. But this is your first time on my. Podcast, and I would love for you just to share a little bit uh, of your own story and why you have so much compassion for women who have had an abortion and coming into this season, right? We're coming into a very contentious election season, another really important cycle uh, in a post-row world. So things have really shifted. So tell us a little bit about you, where you came from, what your story is. Sure.
1: So I grew up in the church. Um, I had heard all of the Bible stories about all these superheroes uh, of the faith growing up, and you know I had heard about Jesus and His dying on the cross for sinners. And it wasn't until I was about 12 years old I went to youth camp, and I genuinely put my faith and trust in the Lord to save me from my sin, but. Going back home after that uh, youth camp experience, I really didn't know what else to do with Jesus. Uh, I just did what I thought was we were supposed to do, which was go to church, read our Bibles, and pray. And those are all great things. Those are all shapers of our faith. Um, but I didn't really realize there was more to a relationship with Christ um, than than I had going back home. So I just kind of uh, lived this church, regular church kid kind of life and uh, entered middle school and high school and was really boy crazy. From the time I was little, I got in trouble kissing a boy in my preschool class. <laughs> um, so I just, I've always loved relationships. And uh, as a young woman, I was really envious of some of the, the girls that I saw in school in these relationships. So when I got into high school, every almost everybody was dating, and um, I jumped in, but I didn't have any kind of discipleship, um, you know, good biblical background for God's design for a relationship. So I became sexually active very young at age 15, and I became pregnant uh, at 16. And I remember my parents were, um, you know, they were leaders in the church. And uh, when they found out, my mom found out I was pregnant, she came to me and she said, Camille, do you want to have an abortion?
0: Your mom? Time, my your mom, mother?
1: Yeah, my so mom your, your did. mother
0: who is a, a leader in your church? She, she was
1: our uh, church's preschool director. Wow. So, you know, it kind of shocked me that she would um, – tell me that. And I thought, you know, I know that I shouldn't have had sex outside of marriage. I knew that, but I did. Um, but I knew like, God, God does not want me to have an abortion. That would, that would be wrong. And, um, so I just told her, I said, I really want to keep this baby. And thankfully my parents supported me. They said, "Well, well, we love you. We'll support you. And so they did. And, um, I pushed through, graduated high school early and, My daughter was born that summer and, um, right. I walked the stage six months pregnant. So I was that girl. A lot of times people, you know, people have stereotypes, Heidi, you know, they think every woman that's had an abortion or in a crisis pregnancy is a teenager or a, a young adult. That's not always true. But for me, um, that was my story. And so, you know, by the time I had my daughter, uh, at the end of uh, the summer, my mom really pushed me to get my education. So I started college full time, two weeks after my daughter was born. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And yeah, I was yeah. working a couple of part time jobs and just trying to figure out life again. And you know, I had this baby. And um, so I'm just, you know, kind of doing what I can do. And I'd fallen away from church during that time. Um, but uh, uh One of our church women uh, came over to my house one day and she said, Camille, where are you? Like, we want you, come back. And that's all it took. So I just wanted to reach out
0: to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: People that are watching, like, if you see those young people that have fallen away, go after them. Mm. You know, they're longing a lot of times for somebody to say, come back. We love you. Where was
0: the father of your baby?
1: Yeah, so he, I mean, typical story he was like oh I, this isn't my baby I don't want anything to do with this baby and mm-hmm. it was a very casual relationship and so he w- he was long gone not in the picture at all
0: wow and was that hard so, on you or were you just like yeah you know it was not not really in my life anyway no it, it was hard
1: I mean yeah. I I craved that relationship and you know God gives us that innate desire for family yes because that's his his design. Mm -hmm. And so I really, um, missed that, wanted a father, um, for my baby. And I, I think that's, you know, at some point she was, she was a little bit older, um, about 10 months or so I began dating again. And I really wanted to find, um, that father, that father figure for her, somebody who would love me, somebody who would help us be this, um, Family, this complete family, and so I began dating again, but I had not been discipled um, back to what a biblical, healthy, you know, relationship should look like. Mm -hmm. So we became sexually active very quickly. I became pregnant again, and at that time, I I was just fearful of what my parents were going to say. Um, they so were ended you 18 up
0: 18 then at this point, you'd have been what, 18 years old, roughly.
1: I was, yeah, I was, I think it was about to turn 18 mm-hmm. at that time. So very, I mean, very short time. My daughter was, um, coming up on a year old, uh, at that time. And, uh, my parents found out and my mom again came to me and she just said, we really think you ha- should have an abortion. We don't think this is fair to Lauren, my daughter. Um, you guys are both trying to trying to figure out life. And so there was a lot of external pressure yeah. um to have an abortion. And so we kinda didn't we were young. We didn't know what to do. Um was he a believer? Kinda,
0: was he a Christian? This this young man?
1: No. Um he had a different uh background, faith background, but he was excited. His parents had found out about the baby, they were excited. So when my parents weren't, you know, we kind of had this conundrum of what are, what are we going to do? And, um, really the things that they were, that they were telling me really put a lot of doubt in my mind and mm-hmm. began to question, is this the right thing to do? How am I going to finish school and raise two babies? And, um, all of yeah, that. A lot of the um, what
0: ifs, you know, a, what, a lot if of is what if this and what if. if
1: that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, that really um, created a lot of doubt in my mind. And, you know, it, we never got to the point of deciding together if, if that's what we were going to do. Um, because one night I was up at work and my boyfriend was watching my daughter for me. And my mom came up to my workplace and she said, Camille, you've, you've got to come to the hospital. Something's happened to Lauren. And so I'm a mess. I'm in tears and shock. What's going on? I leave. We go up to the hospital and just trying to get some good answers from my boyfriend, like what happened? What's going on? And there was this narrative that was created that we came to find out was not true. Um, and it, it, we found out through the um, course of 24 hours of waiting at the hospital that he had sexually assaulted and shaken her to death. Your daughter? My daughter. And so we're, we're up at the hospital. It was just, a, it was a crazy um, night. Um, you know, when I had first got there, they wouldn't let me go back to see her. And um, I couldn't understand why I, I, I couldn't go um, see her. And then um, the Child Protective Services came they interviewed him and me and my dad, and I thought, "What? What is going on? Like, what?" But I, I couldn't. I think it, you know, with the trauma and everything
0: that was going on, I couldn't figure out what. And you, what at this was point, happen- you didn't understand. You didn't even know what was happening with your daughter. You just knew they wouldn't let you no, see her.
1: No, I just knew. You're right. I knew that she had um, supposedly she had choked on something while she he was watching her. She became unresponsive. My parent. He called my parents. Um, before he even called 911 to come over and my dad had done CPR on my daughter and um, they got her to the the emergency room and so nobody had seen her since that point and um, yet we're being asked all these questions and at that time um, Child Protective Services told me they said she's got brain bruises she has contusions all over her brain and um, we believe that's from somebody shaking her. And I just thought, what are you, sh-? like, could she have fallen off the couch? Could she, like, what? how did this happen any other
0: way but somebody doing this? And, and you um, had no indication before that from this, from your boyfriend, right, that he had none, any, this side of him at all? none, none. None.
1: You know, and, you know, years later and being in biblical counseling, you know, you look back and it's actually pretty common for, um, you know, uh, partners or boyfriends of of women to um, abuse their children. But I was young. I didn't know. It was very trusting. No signs um, of that at all. And then um, the next day, her pediatrician pulled me into the hospital room and that's when she told me about the sexual abuse and at that point I know I knew what had happened and knew who had done it and um so she she was gone um at that point she was um legally brain dead and my parents had talked to me and that you know they have the the consultation rooms and we were in there, and my mom is just telling me, she's like, Camille, you have to have an abortion now. Like, there's no other option. And so now they're going to so compound had, your pain. Yeah, yeah, and the, tra- the trauma of what's going on. So we hadn't even left the hospital, and they're already talking about having an abortion. So, you know, it had just a few, about a week um, of time in there between um, having my daughter's funeral and then processing and thinking through this and I really wrestled even in my young like not not strong uh, relationship with the Lord I still cried out to him in prayer I was just like God help like help me I don't know how to make sense of this Mm -hmm. and I talked to my parents I said you know I can I maybe i should have this baby you know we could place the baby for an adoption you know um i have a, an adopted sibling and so we have a heart for adoption and and my my mom was just like you know camille you're you're not going to be able to make it you won't make it through um you know she was speaking off of things that she didn't understand she was trying to tell me that um there would be like a big custody battle which you know, no. I don't think that there would have been at well, all, especially
0: no after what had happened. I mean, there, <laughs> right, that is, that's right. a no-brainer. Yeah, right, right, right. But was he prosecuted? You know. This boy? I'm assuming yeah. that he was prosecuted. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's uh, still serving a, a, a capital murder sentence.
0: Um, he still is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, so how long ago was this? Gosh, uh, Heidi, it
1: was um, 1992. So, um, you know, long time. gosh, yeah, long time ago. And, um, so, you know, with all of that, those, those doubts and those things clouding my mind, I just, I remember just even praying, like my theology just was so off yeah, yeah, and, you know, God, Oh, you know, this, I'm unique. My S my situation is unique somehow some way you've got to make it okay just this one time so even mm-hmm. in my heart of hearts like i knew what i was doing was wrong um yeah. but i just couldn't see another way yeah. um in so and much that, pain you're just in yeah. so
0: much pain already yeah, grief and and the
1: trauma of that and so um and not having another voice to offset what i was hearing um from the pressure from my my parents so uh, we buried my daughter, and four days later, I had an abortion, and then my life just began to spiral, you know, downwards after that for a good uh, two or three years until the Lord, um, you know, got got my life back on track, helped me to get my life back on track with Him. So that was a really a really dark time, um, in being so young.
0: But um, you know, when you say that, you know, the Lord helped you get your life back on track. What was the beginning of that? Was it people reaching out to you? Was it you just seeking the Lord on your own? How how did that happen? Yeah, so I
1: I talked about spiraling, you mm-hmm. know, for a good two years, and and just living in our darkness, just this yeah. depravity, because um, I didn't care anymore. I felt like I had lost yeah. everything. Yeah, well, because you right. had. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just like whatever with whoever, whenever, I, I don't care about my life anymore. And um, they kept delaying my daughter's capital murder trial. And that was really hard because I didn't have any closure. Yeah, yeah, And so about the third or fourth time that they had postponed it, I had moved away um, from home. And um, I just decided like, this is not working for me either. I couldn't get settled no matter where I was, because the only way I was going to be settled was with the Lord, Lord yeah. and with his help. And so Wait, what
0: part of the country were you in again? I know you said that, but I forgot. Yeah, I'm from Texas.
1: Okay. And so, um, I, I was living in, uh, grew up in, uh, Amarillo, Texas, and I had moved away to Dallas and I always tell young people like, you know, If your heart hasn't changed, you'll just go to a new place and find the same people doing the same stuff and get right back in. And so that's what I had done. Um, I only found more of it in in a bigger city. So um, the the Lord helped me to just have a really unsettled heart. And I moved back home. I was like, this isn't working for me. And um, I remember... Uh, going out one night with a a guy that I had dated previously and he had taken me home at the end of the night and he was kind of like wanting to be sexually active again and I remember my something in my heart just snapped and I was like I know where this is going to lead I don't want any more of that pain and I am done and so I just said, no, thanks. And I left and I went um, into my home and I, I threw myself on my bed and I cried out to the Lord. And I said, God, I have been chasing every other relationship in my life, except the one I have with you. And I have done. And my life changed at that moment when I really surrendered um, to the Lord. And I realized now, I don't know that I, I verbalized this at the time, but I had really just had this heart of idolatry of relationships and not understanding that those, that longing is given to us by God to point us to Him and that fulfillment of the perfect relationship through salvation with Christ in Him. And so um, after that time, the Lord brought uh, a young man in my life who had just graduated from seminary. We had grown up in church together. And so he kind of, I always say jokingly, he was um, godly stalking me. So <laughs> like we were, our families knew each other and he'd see me around town and he just kind of kept coming over and, you know, hey, you want to hang out? And um, so we started hanging out as friends and he just told me one night that he had feelings for me. Um, and I thought, well, OK, I know he knows about what happened with Lauren but he doesn't know about my abortion and he's headed into youth ministry and he doesn't need a girl like
0: me. So the shame. Yeah. 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 And so
1: I think he sensed that hesitation in me and he looked at me and he said, Camille, I know about your abortion and I love you anyway. And that just freaked me out,
0: <laughs> so I left. I was like, "Okay, thanks, bye." Yeah, and um, because now you're in like self protection mode, right? Right. Yeah. I'm like, "What is going on? How?
1: What's happening, God?" And and I just remember, the Lord just kind of sweetly bringing to mind that He's holy, mm-hmm. and He loves sinners like us, and He He sent His Son to die on the cross. Because he loves us and he wants to be with us anyway. And that was such a sweet picture of the gospel mm-hmm. to me. So Heidi, I did the smartest thing I could and I married that man. <laughs> <And> <laughs> we've been married 28 years um, oh. this past year. And so God has just used that sweet picture of the gospel to um, help me and grow me. But even after that, so we're married and I'm I'm a mess because I still haven't really dealt with my abortion. I've I've turned back to the Lord, but my abortion is wreaking havoc in our marriage. And I was really living off of this fear of I know God's forgiven me, and this is really common with a lot of um, post-abortive women. I know God's forgiven me, but what if He doesn't let me have any more children?
0: Mm. That's like my punishment that I have to live with. Wow. Okay. So we're, um, I'm out of time for today, but I'm going to, we're going to pick this up again tomorrow because your story and the reason it's so compelling to me, I'm sitting over here just, I mean, honestly, Camille, I have goosebumps from like uh, head to toe because the Holy Spirit works so so powerfully in your story and in your life. Uh, Would you be willing to come back tomorrow and we'll finish the story? Everybody's everybody's on the edge of their seat going, wait a second, you can't (laughs) do that. But I'm out of time i love it if you come back tomorrow and we'll, we'll pick this up then. Sure thing. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I know that I am. If you're watching this on Rumble or YouTube, you can see that I'm crying too. It's an amazing – you guys, we serve the healer. You know, I came from a very hard background. Camille has a story of healing all her own. And for those of you who are listening and you need information, you need some help, we're going to encourage you that way. Uh, I'm going to send you to Camille's website and I hope you guys will check that out and then come back tomorrow because uh, this story has a beautiful ending to it because we serve a risen savior. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith.